This is Lost or Found with Dr. Michelle Choi. The contents of this podcast and website are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition and before undertaking any diet, dietary supplement, exercise, or other health program. Sometimes in life, it feels like there are an overwhelming number of choices and many ways in which we can go, choosing between right and wrong or choosing to do good versus evil. Perhaps life is a path that comes from the constant state of choices and decisions. Sounds pretty damn overwhelming. But it also makes me wonder, perhaps our own choices, even the small ones, may affect another's life because maybe our lives are not as separate as we think it is. Could our lives somehow be interconnected? One's choice may affect the path that we go on in life. Perhaps it's like a yellow brick road. Our choices signify one of the bricks on the road, and the bricks accumulate. Where will you go based on the bricks that you have chosen to lay or the road that you have made? Where will your road take you? Do you actually want to go there? Or were you too afraid to make the right choice or the better choice? Or are you going to build a better road with better bricks from the choices you have made and go somewhere where you actually want to go? Perhaps our choices are our investment in life. We all struggle with this dilemma. It's not just the unfortunate few who have to wonder about this. This is everyone's problem every single day. You can steal candy or not. You can cheat or not. You can listen or not. You can choose to do your work or not. You can choose to be violent or not. You can neglect or not. You can choose to be kind or not. You can learn from your mistakes or not. You can continue to self-sabotage or not. George Floyd was an African-American man who was killed by police during an arrest in Minneapolis on May 25, 2020, when he was arrested for using a counterfeit $20 bill at a grocery store. The police officer had pressed his knee to Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes during the arrest, as Floyd was handcuffed face down in the street. For the last three minutes, he laid there motionless and had no pulse, but the officers made no attempt to revive him. The police officer kept his knee on Floyd's neck as EMT arrived and attempted to treat him. Did Floyd really have to die for a fake $20 bill? Did the police really have to have his knee on the man's neck? Why didn't anyone try to revive him? What was going on in the minds of the other officers involved in the situation? Were they scared and did they have a moment where they wondered if this was wrong? Who are we to take away another man's life? During the COVID pandemic on May 1st, 2020, Calvin Munnerlin, 43 years old, died after he was shot in the head in Michigan, working as a security guard at the dollar store. Munnerlin had gotten into a verbal altercation with a shopper after telling the shopper's daughter that she needed a mask to enter the store. Under an executive order from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, All retail employees and customers were required to wear a mask. 20 minutes later, two men arrived and one of them yelled at Munderlin about disrespecting his wife and the other man allegedly shot the security guard. Calvin Munderlin leaves behind his wife and eight kids. 
On May 6, 2020, in Modesto, California, a woman was sucker-punched and knocked to the floor with blood oozing from her battered face after she had told a customer who was pushing a baby stroller that the last above-ground swimming pool, aka a kiddie pool, in stock had just been sold to someone else. And there was another person retail who reported being spat upon by a person who wouldn't wear a mask. Nothing can justify these behaviors. How you were hurt in your past cannot justify your own actions now. Yes, I agree one's past can affect the person that we are, but ultimately we choose the person that we are and the person that we will continue to be. You are ultimately responsible for the life that you have and if you are not happy, what are you going to do about it? Will you make the same choices? I read this really interesting book recently and it may sound really crazy to you. But I talk about this book because it makes me think of all of us, humanity. Some of the lessons that she presents about humanity are really poignant. Lorna Byrne wrote Angels in My Hair. I accidentally found the book and ended up purchasing it after I read the first line. When I was two years old, the doctor told my mother I was retarded. Quite honestly, that line won me, and I also related to her because around the same age, my uncle who was a doctor indicated his concern to my own mother and wondered if I was mentally delayed or had a cognitive disability, although at the time he used the R word. My response now? What a dumbass. But anyway, Lorna Byrne's book is about her ability to talk with angels from a very early age. Yes, it may sound out there. But it's not a concept that's going to hurt anyone, and perhaps we may benefit from wondering if good exists in ways in which we may not fully understand or see. Her story is definitely extraordinary, but her teachings are universal. Theologians and religious leaders, sports people, scientists, people from what you would call pragmatic ways of life, have seeked her for spiritual insight. I found this book fascinating because the conversation that she writes about are very interesting and quite honestly, so helpful in how we can think about our own lives. In our culture, we see angel symbols everywhere. We all know their image, either a cherub or a magnificent being with wings with serene looks on their faces. No one identifies them as negative symbols. They represent love. If you think about it, how do we all know the image of an angel and the majority of us don't wonder about their existence? Could we perhaps have forgotten? She states that angels are not just found in Christian churches, they are in the synagogues, in mosques, and in all holy places. Your religion makes no difference to the angels. They have told me that all churches should be under one roof, Muslims, Jews, Protestants, Hindus, Catholics, and all other different religions should be together under one umbrella. We may look different, we may have different beliefs, but we all have souls. There is no difference between a Muslim soul and a Christian soul. And in regards to choice, she states, the angels taught me a lot about the idea of choice too, and one afternoon they helped me to understand that it is never too late for us to change our minds and make the right choice, and also that angels can help us to make the right choice. If we choose to listen, God is pouring these beautiful angels out on the world for us, yet many of us are ignoring them. We need to reach out and ask for help. It's as simple as that. Sometimes, encounters with patients can be very difficult, draining, and demanding with the pressure of lack of time. 
And because I get desperate before those encounters, I would say a quick prayer in my head, but in reality, it always sounded more like a plea. God, help me. And I have to say for the many times that I have said that, and note sometimes multiple times per day, the encounter was never as bad as I had anticipated. Strangely, it always went okay. And I'm an Asian American. This is the way I see it. Prayers are free. Free is important. It doesn't hurt to ask, and it's nobody's business but your own, since it's inside your own head if you say a prayer. Yeah, I don't know what's exactly out there, but there have been clearly situations in my life where I know I've needed help. Like right now during my midlife crisis, I feel like I need help every day, since half the time I'm wondering what the fuck I'm doing. Am I praying and begging all the time? Yes, I am. Perhaps I may never know whether or not I actually got the help or not, but to be honest with you, it makes me feel better. It feels like I'm not alone in my worry, that there is hope for the future, and the hope to make the right choices and decisions. And perhaps we can continue to wonder with Mary Oliver's poem, The World I Live In. I have refused to live, locked in the orderly house of reasons and proofs. The world I live in and believe in is wider than that. And anyway, what's wrong with maybe? You wouldn't believe what once or twice I have seen. I'll just tell you this. Only if there are angels in your head will you ever possibly see one. And today I'll be speaking with Jennifer Lynn, who is a spirit medium here in Santa Cruz, California. From an early age, she has been able to connect with all levels of spirit, from angels, guides, and loved ones in spirit to earthbound ghosts, poltergeists, and demonic entities. She is dedicated to sharing her knowledge so others can learn how to have a deeper connection with their loved ones in spirit, strengthen their own intuitive abilities, or learn how to protect themselves and others from the dangers of the lower level beings. Welcome to Lost or Found, Jennifer Lynn. I'm really excited about our conversation today as you discuss your work as a spirit medium and some of the important spirit messages that you consistently receive in your readings for people. Thank you for having me here, Michelle. I've been looking forward to it. Oh, thank you. Yes. It's always such a joy to speak with you, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love doing this with you. <laughs> I love doing these sessions with you. Thank you. And Jennifer, um, before we begin, could you kind of describe what a spirit medium is? Yes. So I call myself a spirit medium because that's who I work with is spirits. Um, from the very high and divine to our loved ones in spirit to angelic energy and also um, the lower levels as well. Ghosts, earthbounds, um, paranormal entities. And uh, ever since I was a child, I've always experienced all of them. And so... I had to learn how to um, to control this energy around me because it, it caused a lot of anxiety and, and issues for me. And so, yes, it's been a long journey for me. And this was a part of my whole process as a child, um, trying to figure out why these spirits are around me. What do they want with me? <laughs> why me? And um, am I safe? Am I safe from harm? Am I protected? Um, so there were some years there that were that I struggled, <laughs> that I struggled to understand all of this. And um, that's really why I, I call myself a spirit medium. People who do this work, it, it's really it's really about the idea that 
that we can perceive, um, we can, we all have, I believe we all have psychic ability um, and to a certain level. And so someone like me or another medium um, perceives the world in a different way, can see things, can know things, can hear things um, differently than, uh, than most people hear. I think that's absolutely fascinating. And quite honestly, I think it takes a really courageous person to kind of figure out what all of that meant, you know? <laughs> I yes. would imagine it would take a really, really long time. <laughs> it's ongoing, too, Michelle. It's it's ongoing. It's um, I call it a practice because you you still learn as you go on. And um, and it's fascinating. We live in a very mysterious and fascinating world. I think that's definitely true. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Jenny, can you share with us some of your messages from spirit that you've received in your readings? Sure. Yes, I would love to. So let's see. I started doing readings for people about 25 years ago. And um, let me go backwards a little, a little ways, because even before that, as I was a child, I would start having experiences with my loved ones in spirit. I would see them at my bedside at night and I would be so excited to see them, you know, practically crying. And a lot of times I would be crying because I was so excited to see them again. And, um, and they would leave messages for me. But one thing I noticed as much as I would tell them that I love them and, and they would share that with me as well. They would tell me that they love me and they're here to watch over me. I would also tell them, I miss you. They never, ever told me that they missed me. And I always thought that was so strange. Why? They're, they're here to protect me and guide me, and they love me, but they don't miss me. And, uh, and so years later, I started you know, giving readings for people, and I was connecting with a lot of loved ones in spirit, and uh, the same thing came up. You know, they, they love their... Um, you know, they, they love their loved ones that are here in our earth plane, but they would never say, I miss them. And so finally one night I had a man who was a guide come to me and he was at my bedside and I had an opportunity to ask him. <laughs> and I said, how come you guys don't miss us? Why don't you miss us? <laughs> and, uh, and he said to me, he said, because we never feel separate from you. And he explained to me how by being in the higher levels, in other words, by um, by being peaceful and content and 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 filled with love and filled with um, enlightenment, um, you know, when you are in those higher levels, this keeps us bonded and binded together, and so they they can't miss us. They feel like they are with us every step of the way. Now, we don't feel that. We feel the separateness. And why? Because we're living in an environment where, where we have good days and bad days, good moments and bad moments, and our energy is up and down and up and down. And what he shared with me is that we can't connect with you when you are deep in grief or when you are um, just having a hard time in life and you are struggling and, you know, and you're kind of hitting those lower... Um, those lower energies of, of fear. Um, and, and so, so he explained to me that the more we can pull ourselves out of that 
and um, get back into our heart center, as hard as it is when we're going through tough things here in life, if we can get back to our heart center and reach out to them at that point, then not only will we feel that we're together with them, um, but they will give us the knowledge that we need to get through what we're trying to get through. So basically, he was telling me, don't block yourselves, <laughs> you know, don't block me out. And um, and so I found that to be fascinating. Yeah. And I think that is really fascinating. I think we all know that love exists, but we don't, we almost don't allow it. We almost don't allow for it to guide us all the way. If someone dies, we think that's the end, but love still exists. And it's kind of like we're almost not fully on the love train like they are. <laughs> exactly. There's no limitations with that love. Exactly. Exactly. There's no limitations. And the reason why it's hard for us is because we're in this world where we, um, where we have restrictions, you know, like you were saying, we have restrictions, we have limits, we have, we feel that, uh, we feel that we have to be living a certain way here. And um, we're living out of obligation a lot. That's the best way to word it. We really do live out of obligation a lot. We feel that we need to honor the people here that we that we care for. We we you know we have to honor our our parents, our children. Our we have a lot of responsibility here, and and we always want to. Um, we have our work, our careers, everything, and we always want to do. 100 yeah. percent give give 100 percent and so um but that's where the struggle comes in because here in life everything is up and down as we talked about and that's really what keeps us blocked from them mm -hmm. and um and the importance of just even just realizing that and trying to to you know take steps to um to to try and change this and i think there's a kind of like a thinking that if you can't see it if it's not tangibly in front of you that it doesn't exist. Right. It's just so limiting, right. you know? And it's like, if we think that way, that really can't explain love. You know, it's just like, even when someone dies, love never goes away. But just because it's not in front of you, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right, exactly. Exactly here, so many of us are feeling like we're just flying blind. And But what people need to understand is that love is not a tangible, you can't go out and touch love or tell people what type of shape love is or what type of color love, love is. Um, love is an emotion and our emotions are what drive us here. Our emotions are what, um, what leads us to, um, to the, a path and a direction that we will take. Our emotions lead us to choice. And um, it's so extremely important to understand that. Yeah. And, uh, and to know that Love is just the, the strongest emotion, and it carries so much power. And um, and, and again, it's just a reminder of of you know everything here in the physical world isn't quite as important as our emotional world. Like the absolute faith in actually what is exactly, exactly, and recognizing that, recognizing that the unseen is a lot more powerful than than I realized. Jenny, why can't our loved ones come to us or why can't we feel them as much if we're grieving or when we have these negative emotions, like feeling really horrible about ourselves or why do we, why is there more of a blockage at that point? Well, there's a few reasons and it's, it, 
it's tough because we're going to go through that when we lose our loved ones. Mm-hmm. We're going to grieve. And um, and we do, you know, just in a regular day, um, we do have have these highs and lows of emotions throughout our day. So um, so it is tough for us. And so, yeah, as we were talking about before, when we have this, um, when we have this, when we're in that higher energy, they are in that higher energy. And it's so much easier for us to connect with them and then and them to connect with us. When we're in the lower energies, they can't process that. They can't connect with it. They can't, they're blocked. They're blocked from us. Mm-hmm. And so we can't feel them all of the time. So it's kind of like hard to make that union between the energies when they feel hopefully great and we feel not so great. It's hard. And I talk to my clients all the time who say, I I miss my loved ones so desperately, but I'm not getting any signs from them. I'm not hearing anything from them. I'm not feeling anything at all. I'm not having dreams with them. And that I try to explain to them that the best thing they can do at this time period is to go through those emotions, go through them. You have to grieve. You have to be angry. You have to get all of that out of your system. And um, like to take care of yourself, to take care of yourself, go, go ahead and do that. But in those other moments, when you just feel like, even if it's a, a few seconds, even if it's just a moment in time where you feel like, I'm okay right now, I'm, I'm okay for the moment, that's when you want to reach out to them. Because then again, you're pulling yourself into that higher level where you can connect with them. And uh, that's the best way to go about it. Because it's not that they're not with us. You know, they are with us, especially when we're grieving. But we just won't feel them as much. Mm -hmm. And so have your time grieving and then have your time when you feel like you're okay to connect. And another thing that I think is wonderful for people is to... um, when you think about your loved one, think about the good times. Think about the times that make you laugh. You can think about it in your head or you can talk about it out loud, whichever direction you want to go. But to just share those moments and say, do you remember when we did this? And you come to a place of like lightness and laughter. Well, they'll connect with you in a heartbeat and mm-hmm. you will have a sign from them. Or you, you know, you will feel their energy around you, or or something will happen that will alert you that they're there with you. How beautiful. And it's like when you're grieving or when you're, you know, thinking about these beautiful moments that you shared with someone who's gone, like how does that not elevate your mood to remember that, you know? I know. I know. And I would imagine that those moments, like remembering and remembering those good po- moments, it, it elevates your our own frequency, right? It our does. energy frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. And the more that we're able to elevate that frequency, um, the more that not only our loved ones get through, but we have guides, we have angels, we have um, a whole support system out there that people are unaware of. And it just brings a lot of that lightness in our life. And um, and like I said, it can be a subtle energy, but people will feel it. People will get those senses of, um, you know, especially when people are trying to make decisions in their lives. Um, you'll just get the sense of, I know I'm going the right route. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel it. The sense of knowing. The sense of knowing. The sense of, we have everything that we need within us. We have everything. We've came to. We've come to this planet with everything we need inside of us to, you know, handle the environment and to be able to um, 
take on challenges here and become and get, come to the other side of them, you know, to take on challenges and yeah, and sometimes I think to go forward, it takes faith. How do you ever put a number on faith? You just can't. You know, it's just a sense of knowing or even hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like the longer we're here on earth, the more we lose that sense, you know, the more we feel like, well, you know, this is how life is and this is how it always has been. And it's harder for people to hold on to senses or to hold on to hope or faith or or anything else because they feel like I've been through too much and things have happened in my lifetime that I can't uh, I it, it makes it very hard for me to understand that some miracle is going to happen mm-hmm. for me yeah I think you're right like with time sometimes we live we make our existence so much more linear when maybe our existence could be more multi-dimensional. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. And that's the hard part. That's really tough for a lot of people to to kind of wrap their minds around. That idea that we do want to see everything in a linear fashion. But that, unfortunately, is just not how spirit works. But what I love about spirit is that when you are asking for help and guidance and you're feeling like, I need it today and it doesn't happen today, it's okay, because it will manifest for you. And when it does, it may not be today, but when it happens, it will be big, and it will be all-encompassing, and it will be everything you needed and more. And um, And in order to really get there, you as a person also have to kind of try, right? Yes, yes. And to get we, there. <laughs> we do. We have to put that energy it's into like it. I want this. And then you just sit there and be like, when's it going to happen? You have to actually take steps toward there. We literally have to take steps towards it. We have to absolutely say that this is what I want. This is, you know, and I want help around this. I need help around this. And you have to take that step because um, they need to know that, that you definitely want this by your, you know, we're in the physical world here, so we have to take an action. And once we take an action, then that tells them, okay, they really mean this. Now we can help them. Now we can open that door. So yes, we don't want to just say, I need this help. And then we sit and wait for them to bring it. We have to take action. Mm -hmm. And once we take action, and I'm sure most people can relate to this. Probably everyone can relate to this. But that feeling of suddenly, you know, maybe there's been block, block, block in whatever you're trying to do and, or change in your life. And then suddenly the door opens and everything just flows. You know, I think we've all had those experiences where, wow, God, everything's just lining up for me all of a sudden. What's going on here? And um, that spirit, that's the way they come in. And that's the way they guide us. I mm-hmm. When I'm talking to my clients, I, 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 I explain to them that it's uh, it's like a big wave coming in behind them to push them forward, and uh, and so this is exactly how they work. And like I said, if you feel like it's not happening fast enough for you, just keep putting action behind it because um, there is something happening behind the scenes here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like their support, we may not be able to see it, mm-hmm. but the idea of having faith in it. Yes, that's the key. May mm-hmm. I ask you, Jenny? Um, so we all know what death is, but do our loved ones ever really leave us? No, no, they never leave us. Um, 
what I found fascinating as um, a young child is uh, the first spirits that I started connecting with were elated to know that they survived death, physical death. So they were elated. So so we all have this wonder, and some people have a real fear of death, and they have a real fear of what's going to happen to me. Am I going to just turn into nothingness? And, um, and, and to see these spirits literally just jumping for joy, just saying, oh, I can't believe this. This is amazing. And they want that message to be shared to their loved one here in the physical world. And that's one of the biggest messages I hear all the time for spirit, you know, let them know. I'm just, I'm so shocked. I'm amazed. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm, I'm with them. Um, I'm with others on the other side. So they're very much alive, very much alive. And when I was younger, uh, I can remember going to funerals and on every tombstone, it would say rest in peace. And I remember thinking, it should be live in peace, not rest in peace. Because How fascinating, yeah. They're not resting. You know, they're busier than ever. <laughs> they're happier than ever. They're, they have unlimited energy. Um, they can be wherever they want and need to be at any point in time. So we don't lose them. We don't lose them. As a matter of fact, when they hear their name or, you know, when, when we talk about them out loud, it pulls them right to us. You know, it, it's as if they just kind of, we pull them right in. So we we never lose them, and they continue on in life, and uh, and then when our time comes, they'll be there to help guide us over. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us that are here, could this be could this life be like school for us? It really is. It really is. And honestly, sometimes we come into this life putting a lot on our plate, so to speak. You know, we come into this life because we really want to. Um, we want to be challenged, you know, and we want to meet those challenges and we want to see successes in our life. And so we really come here for growth. And so sometimes we take it, we take on a lot and then we get here and we realize, oh no, (laughs) what did I do? (laughs) You know? And so, um, so, so yes, and that's why life can be challenging for us sometimes. Um, But we do, um, uh, this is our school. This is our school, and this is we're here to challenge ourselves. Another thing I want to share is I do believe that life wasn't meant to be as challenging as it is, as hard as it is, as uh, as emotionally charged as it is. Um, I truly feel that it probably was not meant to be um, this difficult. However, I still believe that we have everything that we need to get through this. And when we get to the other side, we're going to be so proud of our achievements. We're going to be so proud that we made it through everything that we did. So this is definitely a school for us, and it's a school that we want to pass. Every time we leave this earth plane and we go back to spirit, um, we are relieved to know that we always try to take the high road that we learned a lesson along the way, mm-hmm. that we helped hopefully. others. <laughs> hopefully, exactly. <clears throat> that we helped others along the way, um, that we shared our love because that's the most important gift we can give, uh, you know, people. I find what you say so interesting that we make it especially hard for ourselves in our life right now. Yes. Why do you think that is? We do. We do. Um, I feel like, again, it, it, it's about the separateness. And so... The more we feel separate from these other beings, 
these other dimensions, these other worlds, the less we feel that unconditional love. Because I can tell you when I sit down and connect with a spirit, ever since I was a child to this day, um, when I do that, I feel their unconditional love. Is that the number one thing you feel? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. Unconditional love to a point where it just brings tears to your eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say that... So it's kind of like being cradled in that love. It is. It is. And so when I'm connecting with someone's loved one in spirit, and that spirit is next to me so we can communicate, then I feel that love. I feel that unconditional love. And um, and not only is it so beautiful for my client and mm-hmm. and for them to have this moment together and to have this healing together and for them to feel that unconditional love from their loved one in spirit, but I get it's a little benefit of the work that I do. I I get that feeling as well. Mm-hmm. I feel that unconditional love. And uh, and it stays with you. As a conduit, right? As a conduit, yes. Mm-hmm. As a conduit, it runs through my body. I'm so blessed and so lucky to have that experience. It stays with you, sometimes for hours, sometimes for days, sometimes for weeks. Wow. And it's like you're just floating. You're just on a high, you know? You're just on a natural high. You're just love floating. High. <laughs> exactly. You're on a love high. You're just kind of floating. And, um, and you just, you cannot get out of happiness, you know? You can't feel anything but happiness. So when you do this all the time, it does change you in that way. It does help you to be able to um, to connect with those emotions more so than the lower ones. Yeah. And this is another reason why um, I always want people to be connecting with their loved ones in, in spirit because that feeling will do the same thing for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it will keep them in those higher yeah, in those higher um, energies all of the time. But that there really is like a joy plane. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is a joy plane. No no doubt about that we it. we can ride on. <laughs> Definitely. If we accept. Definitely. And that's the whole reason behind, mm-hmm. you know, me sharing about how to stay in that higher energy and trying not to fall into the lower. And so the more we're, the more we have our, either our loved ones in spirit or angelic energy you know, we, um, God creator energy, um, we are, you know, as long as we stay in that energy, we will remain in that energy. And seriously, like, what's the harm in even thinking about that all of it can exist, you know, for those that don't believe? Right. Like, what's the harm? You know, it's just like, whatever is going to feed your level of faith or hope, Mm -hmm. if it's not going to hurt someone else, why not? Well, I'll tell you why. What I hear from people is, I'm so afraid to be disappointed. I don't want to leave this earth plane believing all of this, and then suddenly mm-hmm. there's nothing at the end. Um, I don't want to assume that my loved ones are around just to find out that they never were. So, um, so again, it's that fear that steps in. Yeah. But what if it can, like, really make you feel better now? <laughs> and it know? does. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and it this does. is something that can make you feel better now and help you to live. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt anybody else. Like, why not? Exactly. And that's why I do this work, honestly. Honestly, this is why I do this work, because uh, as a young person, I could see people suffering, suffering because they're missing their loved ones in spirit and they feel so disconnected to them. And that kind of takes hold of their their life and their path. It changes Mm -hmm. their life and it changes their path um, when it doesn't have to. Yeah. Or even like suffering from hurt. Because yeah, that's what bad I mean. things happen in the past, you know? Mm. Yes, yes. Like it, you don't have to continue that. You can make the choice. Yes, definitely. Jenny, what would you say to someone who's lost a loved one 
where they had some unresolved issues or possibly regrets. Okay. So, yes, when they have regret, um, what I started noticing as I was doing readings for people, um, what I started noticing over the years is that when I had a client sit with me, um, hoping to connect with a certain loved one in spirit, I would suddenly feel that loved one in spirit. And I would validate through information that that loved one is giving me that this is the person that they're wanting to connect with. And once they would say, yes, yes, this, this is who I wanted to connect with. Well, I absolutely feel that unconditional love. And then the next step is that they will step closer to me or closer to their loved one in spirit you know, be um, so we can communicate. Oh, their loved one in life, right? Oh, I'm sorry, their oh, loved yeah. one in life. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that way, sorry. They're not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Okay, so yeah, so their their loved one here, and so when they step forward, um, it's a great feeling, and I feel their unconditional love, and they want to connect with their loved one here, but then I feel them stepping backwards. So they move forward, and then they pull back away. And what I discovered, this process has to do with regret. And so um, there are times when we lose our loved ones here in life. And maybe that relationship was unresolved. Maybe someone thought that I have more time. I have more time and maybe we'll work this out. And, and that doesn't happen. Um, so then what happens is that particular spirit leaves this earth plane moves into the spiritual dimension and realizes immediately, what did I do? What did I do? I had this opportunity to, to really have a great relationship with this person. I also had the opportunity to fix the relationship with this person. And that's what I was meant to do here in life. And I didn't do it. And now I have all of this regret. Mm -hmm. um, I want to move into spirit, but I also want to make it up to my loved one. Okay, so this happens a lot, and it's beautiful because I have the opportunity to see this person here in our physical world and their loved one in spirit have a moment where they can connect and where they can actually start the healing process. And it's fascinating because my client will never even imagine that's even possible. And so when I share with my client everything I'm getting from that loved one in spirit, that I'm so sorry, I have regret, I would have, I would have changed things if I knew the way, you know, now I'm in spirit, and I get it, and I understand, and I understand the mistakes I made. And, and sometimes what comes up is why this happened in this lifetime, you know, because spirit has a little more, you know, they, they have a lot more understanding and knowledge around, around our connections together. So, um, so that's, so this is what happens is, is we have this regret. We have this feeling of, I wish I would have, you know, been there for you. I wish I would have done the right thing by you. And I want to make this up to you. And so my client is thinking, how is this even possible? And then I just teach them in this time that we have together, how they can connect with each other, how, in other words, that spirit, like I said earlier, will step forward and step backwards because that spirit can't be allowed in to, to be visiting their loved one 
unless that loved one gives their permission. You know, if if this is a relationship where something was very severed in the relationship before that spirit left, that spirit has to have that permission. Because with spirit, they're here to guide us and to help us on our path. And so they can intervene for us in a positive way, but they need to know by that intervention, it's helping them and not hindering them. And if someone is holding on to a lot of bad feelings for whatever happened between the two of them, that could set someone back, you know, that could set someone back and, um, and they may stand healed from it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I, what I try to do is I try to connect them and, and I try to share with them what this spirit is saying. And, um, and they always take responsibility for their part in it. And they always share what they would have done if, if they were if they had an opportunity to be with this person again. Mm-hmm. And then I explained to them that this is a person in spirit who understands, who has the knowledge and who has the ability to, to love you and care for you and be that person for you now. And just because they're not here on the earth plane doesn't make it any less um, viable. You know, like this is a relationship that can be healed. And what this loved one in spirit will do for you is help you and guide you um, completely to to a level that you will recognize it. You will know that this is from the spirit, and uh, and there's nothing like it. It's the best feeling in the world when you realize that you needed help, and through d- divine intervention, that help came to you. And so it's a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process to watch. It happens in a lot of relationships. What I would say to people if they have lost a loved one and they're grieving and the relationship was unresolved, they have that opportunity to resolve this. They have the opportunity to come together and heal this. And all they have to do is share with their loved one in spirit that I know we had some tough times. I know things were bad. I know, you know, I I understand what happened between us, but even so, I still want us to reconcile. I still want to have a relationship with you. I want to invite you in and see if we can have this. Um, and that's what spirit is waiting for. You have to invite them in. You know, when this is a relationship that was mm-hmm. unhealed at the time of crossing, you have to invite them in. And then once you do, it's very, very powerful. It's extremely powerful because now they have the ability to help you in ways that they didn't in life. You know, and it's it's kind of full circle. They're making up for that lost time and those yeah. lost opportunities. It's interesting that, you know, you have to ultimately give them permission to continue the relationship, even if that loved one has passed, mm-hmm. so that you really can heal your relationship, hopefully, with love. Yeah, definitely. 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 Because, like I said, if this loved one in spirit just suddenly started coming to this person and and coming in dreams and really making themselves known, definitely, like I said, that could set that person back if they're not Mm -hmm. ready for it. So there are laws and rules that that we follow here and they follow. That we can all continue to heal. Yes. That's the beautiful part of it is that this lifetime is a continuation. You know, this isn't the end. This is just a continuation. We move on. We come back here again. We go back into spirit. You know, it's this constant revolving world. 
And, uh, and, and that's what I would like people to understand as well. There's never an end to this. There's never a missed possibility that you can never, um, come back to. Um, there's never a, um, a definite, or this is it. Uh, I'll never see this person again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case at all. Um, what would you say to a person who recently lost their loved one, who's really grieving right now? What what message would you tell them right now to help them through this period? Yeah, I would say the best thing that you could do for yourself is first take care of you. Mm-hmm. First take care of you. You're going to go through a tough grieving process. And I believe that you need to take that time to go through that grief. Um, I believe that it's it's fine to be able to reach out to them talk to them while you're going through your grieving process. Uh, But I do feel that the connection between you and your loved one in spirit will get stronger as your healing starts getting stronger. I'm sure that you can have signs with your loved ones in spirit, even during the grieving experience, but I I believe that that will help your grief. And, And I believe that then you can move forward into this other place with it once you recognize that this is real this is this is real my loved one's okay i know that and uh and now i just want to experience my loved one in spirit um it's that's that will be a part of your healing process mm-hmm. so um to not lose that connection to remember that that connection still exists exactly exactly definitely go with your grief Exactly. They're just not on our plane right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and Mm -hmm. and sometimes we we go through our grief and uh, and we can feel them lightly. We can have certain experiences. And I feel like that helps to open the door. Mm -hmm. And then exactly once that happens, then it helps them through their grief, the rest of their grieving process. Mm -hmm. When we talk to our loved ones in our head, do they hear? Yes, they do. They do. If if we're talking generally in our head to ourselves or just have regular thoughts, mm-hmm. not so much. But when we when we direct something to them in our head, they hear that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Frank, do do do. I know. You know, something like just thinking about you. Okay. Haven't thought about you in a while, and uh, I remember these good times we had together, mm-hmm. and I just want to say that I'm thinking of you, and. Go from there, and then you'll probably have a sign. You'll probably get a sign, and and it's also kind of like giving them permission to come come to us too, right? It is, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, um, they want to help us. They still want to be a part of our lives, and they want to help us, but they don't want to intervene to a level to where it pulls us off our path of what we need to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like they want to co-create with us. And um, like we're the drivers, but they're there for your support, right? Perfect. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other powerful messages that you received in your readings? Oh, let me see here. Um, well, gosh, I feel really lucky to have so many powerful, you know, uh, messages coming through all the time from loved ones in spirit when I'm working with clients. And it's it's really beautiful to watch the process. It's interesting because one of the most powerful uh, messages that I've heard that really resonates with me is the idea that 
let's see, the idea of, of spirit not only being able to intervene in our lives, but our spirit being able to create miracles in our lives. And so what I discovered is, as I'm working with clients and their loved ones are coming through, I'm discovering that some of my clients have had extraordinary experiences, extraordinary. Um, maybe that maybe they were suddenly finding themselves um, in a life and death situation and um, and and they're saved out of the blue. Or um, um, what I've really discovered is that um, this world is so fascinating because, divine intervention. And I see this a lot. I see it a lot in my reading room when I'm working with clients. And uh, and the stories are amazing. I'll share with you um, one woman who was grieving so, so badly over her husband who had passed. And he passed suddenly, unexpectedly. And, um, and that was, he was her soulmate and they spent every day together, every minute together. Um, they were so close and she just, she was desperate in her grieving. And so, um, so she was having a really, really hard time. She was really having a hard time hanging on to life and, you know, her loved ones are concerned about her that maybe she's going to just go with him, you know, that she was going to die of a broken heart. And, um, and she said that she was kind of at her wit's end. She was at a place where she just didn't care anymore. She started giving up her medication. She started letting go. How old was she, by the way? Um, she was about, I'd say in her late 60s. Mm-hmm. And um, she just started letting go. And she said it was the strangest thing in the world. She said because of all places, she walked into um, just a store, a stationary store. And... Um, and she just thought that she was going to, um, she had a, a card that she chose, and she thought that she was going to leave a message for her family. And she really felt like, this just may be it for me, you know, and I want everyone to know that I love them, and I'm sorry I left this planet. And, you know, very, very, very desperate moment for her. So as she was picking out that card and getting ready to go up to the front to the cashier and pay for it, a man walked up to her. And she said he he just she didn't know him. He he just walked right up next to her and she turned and looked at him and she said he had the bluest eyes I've ever seen. And she said, I knew right away that there were no this was an eye color I've never seen on earth before. You know, that this was, you know, she knew. She looked at him and said, Wow, this is not a real person here. Mm-hmm. And um, not in our physical world. And uh and he said, um, are you, and he said her name, so I'll just throw out a name, are you uh-huh. Millie? And she looked at him, and she said, who are you? And then he just said, well, I have a message for you. And she was just so shocked that he knew her name. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then she said, and I'll just use a name again. Millie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she said, he said, well, I have a message, I have a message for you. And so she just looked at him shocked. And then he said, and I'll throw out another name, mm-hmm. Joe wants you to know that he's okay, he's, that he's happy, he's fine, and he wants you to know that. Joe, and then she, and then and Joe was her husband. Yes, name then. Okay. and Joe was her husband, and she mm-hmm. was just floored. I mean, she'd never seen this guy in her life. Mm-hmm. She never even, um, 
yeah, she she didn't wow. even know what she if she believed in the afterlife or not, or mm-hmm. she was just ready to go to try and be with him. And um, and this man told her, he's Joe. I have a message from Joe, and he says that he's happy, he's fine, and you need to be here. That your work isn't done yet. And she was absolutely shocked. That's incredible. And um, she ended up, um, you know, she said thank you to him or she, you know, she definitely expressed her appreciation. And then she was just so floored. She had to move away from him. It was just so intense. Yeah. So she she did. And then she took a few moments, she said, and she was crying. And then she said, I had to go find him again. And she said as she walked through the aisles, he was nowhere. And mm-hmm. then she walked outside and he was just nowhere. He had just disappeared. And so so that moment was a turning point for her, an absolute turning point. Uh, she went from, you know, the, the lowest of despair to now having that belief, having this divine intervention happen for her, you know, and having that experience really made her realize that he is alive. He is around me. We will be together again. And that she still had a purpose here to fulfill. Yeah, because that just doesn't seem like a coincidence to know her name, to know her past husband's name. To know her past husband. She, that's what she said more than anything. She said, I don't know, maybe he could have seen it on my, maybe there was mm. something that tipped him off. For, but that's her the name. message she needed to hear at that very moment in time. Well, exactly, exactly. And like she said, you know, maybe this, you know, he could have picked up on her name mm-hmm. somehow, standing next to her in some way. But um, maybe he saw something or, you know, but to know her husband's name, that's what really blew her away. And be it like a divine intervention or like in a really, really humane moment, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It saved her life. It absolutely saved her life. And that was a communion between her husband and an angelic being to give her that message from him and um, to save her life because she had a, a path and a purpose still to fulfill. Do you think there are angels that walk among us? Oh, yes. All of the time. I can tell you that people have talked to angels and they didn't even know it. Really? Yes. Yes. It's it's more common than you would even believe. Can you imagine. can we ever like tell? Um one the one thing I would say you know, you can tell. You can tell. Um, what I would say is it's always going to be a moment when maybe you're personally at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be a moment where you feel like you are trying to work something out within yourself. And it will be a moment where it's, you know, where a stranger approaches you and leaves you with this feeling of, again, we always have to focus on our intuition, Mm -hmm. um, as far as how people feel to us. And, and even though you're thinking I shouldn't be talking to this person, but you have this warm, loving feeling from them. Mm-hmm. And and the the connection is usually quick, and they usually leave you with some sort of message. Maybe not like this, maybe not as overt as I have a message from Joe, yeah. but they will share something with you in that moment that clicks with you. Yeah. Something to think about and perhaps mm-hmm. can help you to continue the path, right? Absolutely. Yes. Interesting. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's fascinating. Uh, another thing that I found find very interesting is um, people will ask me, what is the toughest area for you to be in, you know, as far as spirit energy? Like what really 
either scares you or what really kind of <laughs> ungrounds you. Mm-hmm. And so, and I tell people it's always hospitals. <laughs> it's always hospitals. <laughs> um, Jenny, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sleep there sometimes. Why? I know. I know. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> Sorry I'm to not go sure here. if I want to hear this, but let's do it. <laughs> well, okay. So sorry to tell you this, but um, the reason why it's the hardest for me is because you have so much energy in that one location. You have people who are trying to cling on to life, and there's so much emotion around that, either with that person, their loved ones that are there with them, the doctors, the nurses. So people are passing through this life and back into spirit uh, in that location. And then you have newness, you have new beginnings, you have babies coming into the world. You have the excitement and the the natural high of of a new baby coming into the family. And um and so so in this location you have so much energy from emotion that it opens up these portals. So you have these really positive portals and you have the, you know, more negative portals. And so, you know, there's all this energy floating around all of the time. And and we're all picking up on it all the mm-hmm. time when we're in a location like that. And uh, and so sometimes the energy can feel really, really great and positive and and wonderful. And then suddenly you can kind of get the chills, you know, and get or or get a feeling that, oh, something doesn't feel right here. There's definitely a wide range. And sometimes it's more difficult than positive. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Most of the times. That's yeah. So when, when I have to go to a hospital to mm-hmm. see someone or to visit someone, I have to take breaks. I have to be there for mm-hmm. maybe a half hour and then step outside for a while Wow. and come back in for a little bit and step outside again. And it, it helps me. That's you know? interesting because you go into haunted houses, but it's the hospital. <laughs> I know. I know. Scares you more. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though? Because I could walk into an environment with a very dangerous entity mm-hmm. and I can hold myself there and know that I can be safe there, but I don't have that feeling in a hospital. Yeah. It probably like the hospital is like the flood. It's the flood. Mm-hmm. It's a flood of all of these emotions, all of these energies. And then on top of it all, for me, they recognize me. So they're going to come, I don't want to say harass me, but they're going to to gather around me and try and mm-hmm. figure me out. Yeah. So, and it literally gives me physical symptoms, you know. Like you're I, a magnet. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely. And then... And then it gives me physical symptoms. I get a dizziness. I feel ungrounded. I feel unsettled or nervous or, you know, my heart races. And, you know, it just it gives me these really uncomfortable emotions. And But what's interesting for people to know is I feel like others have these experiences in locations as well. And they, they don't do. know what to think of it. Yeah. They don't, they're like, I don't know why I have high anxiety all of a sudden. Why? Mm-hmm. And um, it is from the emotions. Again, it's unseen, but we're still affected by it. And that's the key is that it's the belief system that's so important because because people will not w- would not jump to the idea of some unseen forces of energy affecting them. You know, this has to be physical. I'm having mm-hmm. a panic attack. And so um, so people are um, are affected 
and they don't even understand the cause of it. In other it's words, it's absolutely true. Like, um, you know, if you talk to nurses or patients, a lot of people have stories. If you ask them, you know, during a training I used to work on, um, I would have to go to the stem cell transplant unit. You know, and back in the day, it was a sickle cell unit. The number of stories that patients share of little children that they see on the ward. Wow. You know, or yeah. nurses seeing things like going awry or things flying from one end of the room to the other. I mean, it's kind of incredible. People have stories if you ask them. But no one wants to talk about it in the hospital because you're already freaked out. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, <laughs> right. I always wondered about that and I've always wanted to hear the stories, but I thought the same thing. I thought I don't want to tra- re-traumatize people. <laughs> <laughs> like they're supposed to like focus on their survival and living, you know, yes. at that very moment. But then they see those things. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, if I may ask you, does alcohol and substance abuse make it harder for our loved ones to come to us? That's a great question. Um, it does. It does. Anything that we take to kind of, you know, check us out a little bit of life to kind of numb our senses, um, yes, it will affect our connection with them. Uh, because so- most times the connection is on the more subtle side. And and sometimes there are people who are on prescription medications, unfortunately, that can do that as well, where it, it like does kind of dull sedating? the senses. Like the more sedating medications, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that, that can dull their senses. But um, if, as soon as they get off of that, you know, the, it will all come back again for them. So, yes. Yeah, so alcohol, um, definitely alcohol, um, certain medications can definitely have an issue. Um and drugs, probably. Uh, and drugs. That's mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. exactly. So if we're looking at alcohol and drugs, um, this is a bigger issue because it's not just about dulling the senses, but it's about making that choice to kind of start checking out in life in a way, you know? And um, uh, basically you're you're saying to the universe that, you know, if you're heavily, if you're heavily involved in alcohol and drugs, you're basically saying to the universe that, this world is just too difficult for me to get through. And I, it's almost a surrender. Mm-hmm. It's almost a surrender to spirit, you know, that, that you're okay moving to the other side. So, and it's really not a good coping mechanism. You know, it, I think a yeah. lot of people, you know, drink alcohol or, you know, they use substances to help cope, yes. but it really is not a good coping mechanism. And also, I mean, quite frankly, it's not healthy and spiritually it affects you too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. On all levels, it will, um, yes, definitely spiritually, it it makes it harder for you to connect. It makes it harder to connect with those loved ones. So, but I also understand that it, just addiction is addiction and we're all here going, you know, on our path and we're all here to learn lessons and to have experiences um, so we can, you know, overcome that. And we can get to the other side of it. And so um, as much as I'm saying that, I definitely want to make it clear that there's no judgment around this. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a part of life that that certain people will experience. and uh, But it will dull their senses a little bit. So if they can recognize that and maybe in those clearer moments, reach out to spirit. Maybe in those clearer moments, try to meditate more. Um, even in baby steps, try to do these other things that can kind of bring you in that higher element. Because once you feel that connection, 
once you feel that connection, it starts changing who you are and it can help you to be able to move on or away from, from, you know, alcohol abuse or drug abuse. It can really be a part of the healing, you know, along with other components as well. That maybe like addiction could be one of their lessons in life. Exactly. Exactly. If they choose. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they choose that to be for, for sure. And, um, and absolutely anyone can get to the other side of it. And, uh, but I do believe that it has to come with some faith. Yeah. And that's really the key. This is something that I always wondered if, if you didn't accomplish one of the lessons in your life in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. do you have to go through that lesson again? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's why I talk so much about <laughs> working on ourselves now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we may pick up where we've left off. You know, it may not be as intense, but uh, it's some we're always striving for for growth and movement. You know, we're we're a part of the universe and the universe never stops moving. We're always in motion. We're constantly in motion. And so it's important that we as well stay in that motion. So it may not be, like I said, as as intense, um, but you will definitely still have to have to work that out in another lifetime somehow in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More yeah. reason to work it out now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And and everyone, you know, we all have our own specific paths and our own journeys. And it's beautiful to see that. It's beautiful to see other people's experiences and where life takes them and their choices around that. And it's really beautiful to watch everybody, um, you know, at, at least everyone that I work with. And um, it's I, I love seeing that in people. I love seeing, um, you know, their their challenges turning into successes. And, and you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes or, or to what degree that you get there. It's the fact that you're putting in the energy, you know, you're making that choice and you're putting in the energy for change. Exactly. Yeah. If I may ask you, in the afterlife, is there racism Hatred, jealousy, shaming, trolling, or violence? You know, uh, definitely when we are in spirit, we can't connect to any of that. We cannot connect to any of that. That does that, So that no longer exists then in spirit form? It does not exist. Now, in the lower levels of energies, um, some of that does live on, you know, in the lower level. But when we're in spirit, we can't even connect to it. So... So no one hates each other in spirit form then? No one hates each other in spirit Mm -hmm. form. See, here's the interesting part. Here in the earth world, we're here with all different energies around us, right? We have positive people, maybe the negative people, maybe the, uh, you know, destructive people or dangerous people. When we're in spirit, we are all alike. We are Mm like-minded. We all connect together. We're in this huge web of spiritual energy where we are just a part of the whole and so we are in that sense all in the same Mm -hmm. and so um so it's very much like a uh when we move into spirit it's very much like a reunion it's very much like a a a coming home a a sense of the highest well-being that you could imagine and uh and you just feel healed and and sure you see loved ones that you have that you shared lifetimes with but 
we know all beings. We know this entire web of beings. Mm -hmm. And so it's a beautiful connection. Um, So we can't, no, we don't, we can't hold on to any of that. We don't hold on to hate. We don't hold on to um, any of the lower level emotions. So it's kind of like on earth, it's like we've forgotten who we are, our connections to each other. While in the afterlife, in spirit form, the truth is remembered. Right. Exactly. Everything comes back to you. The truth comes back. As soon as we slip out of our bodies, um, we have all of the knowledge Mm -hmm. that, um, that we've carried within us. And we have it within us in this lifetime. It's here if we go within. To acknowledge the truth. To acknowledge the truth. To acknowledge the truth. That we are all connected. No one's been one better than the other. Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what I call utopia. Yeah. And, um, and the reason why I can share this with you is because, again, ever since I was very young, I would have spirits come to me and they would tell me, you know, I, you're going to come with me. You're going to come with me. And they've shown this to me. So um, I've seen bits and pieces of heaven. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've been on those energetic planes and experienced it and felt what it feels like. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in this world. That That's we perhaps, sure. like you said before, make it really hard on ourselves, perhaps unnecessarily so. Right. Right. I feel like we really need to honor ourselves and respect ourselves and love ourselves. And that's hard because we do make things hard on ourselves. And also we are, we tend to be, we tend to be hard on ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and we really don't need to be, you know, because this is an area of where we're just here to grow and, and move on. And, um, and it can be to a, a slight scale or it could be to a very large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it, it that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. You are creating successes for yourself by just taking that step and by just trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just really important for, for people to understand how much that easier said than done, I know, but we really don't need to be hard on ourselves. We really don't need to to treat ourselves in that way. We are divine And after beings. that, each other. We don't need to treat each other that way. Exactly. We do not need to mm-hmm. treat each other. And not only that, but we are not allowed to treat each other that way. And that's what's interesting is um, we are not allowed to treat each other in that way. So um, that's another lesson on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to the other side that... We can't influence people in that way. Mm-hmm. It's a little tougher here. And I think that's why people struggle as well, because we all have our spirit within us. And our spirit remembers what it's like to be back in spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of the reason for our suffering, for our angst, for our pain, for our how come my life isn't the way I want it to be? How come I I don't you know, why is life so unfair for me? Why are things so difficult? Why have I had such a hard road? And um, it's that part of them. That's when we feel disconnected from our spirit. Mm-hmm. When you're asking yourself those type of questions, you need to remember that this is coming from the the feeling of remembering what it's like to be just fully in spirit. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that we're here in a different world 
for a little while here. <laughs> and it, it is a different world, you know, and we do have negativity here and we do have a lot of things going on here that, um, that make life difficult for us. But we, uh, but we definitely, um, again, need to at least take that step into trying the path to path that we want. Exactly. To, to be sure that, yeah, that mm-hmm. we are on the path that we want. Absolutely. Take that step onto mm-hmm. that path. And, um, and I feel like what's really important when you start asking yourself those questions, it's really important that you, even though it's difficult, I know, but it's really important to stay in that belief system, the belief system that ultimately everything will work out, you mm-hmm. know, ultimately it will. And if I take these challenges and I get on my path, it really will. And then if I don't, well, then I'm going to be moving into spirit. Mm-hmm. And everything will work out in spirit. So it's just, um, yeah. Ultimately, like having faith then. It's really yeah, like having faith. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are the toughest emotions to hold on to, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going through hard times. But you absolutely have to have the belief, the faith, and the hope. And the belief in yourself. The belief yeah. that you can do this. Really. And, and how do we feel whenever we get through a challenge? It's really incredible, right? We get to the other side of it and we're Sometimes we literally like have to pat ourselves on the back. And I think none of us really do that, you know? I know. I know. Like you have to stop and literally be like, pat, pat, pat. Good job, Jenny. (laughs) Good job, Michelle. Jenny, before we end, um, can you tell us one of your, one of the most shocking messages you received from the other side? One of the most shocking, okay, so give me a minute here. One of the most shocking, okay, one of the most shocking, I would say, let me, let me think about this. There's so many things that are coming to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so many stories. Um, to me, I feel that one of the most shocking is the fact that we've talked about the differences between the earth world and the spirit world. But what's really shocking to me is how many beings, how many spirit beings take on physical form and walk with us here on this planet. And I know that we talked a little bit about that with divine intervention and all of that, but um, but it's fascinating. Um, I think one of the most shocking messages that I received. Like what entities are they, are, are they that they, they're walking around us, amongst us? Like you mentioned angels before. Yes. Is there anything? Yes. Other entities? Yeah. Angels, definitely. Angels, definitely. Um, our guides, so high, higher guides in, in the spiritual world, mm-hmm. um, we have those as well, and they will walk among us. Um, now, there are also like lower level energies who walk you know, with us as well. And darker entities that are a little more dangerous, mm-hmm. they walk amongst us as well. Briefly or continuously throughout a lifetime? Uh, briefly. Okay. Yeah, briefly. But what's fascinating to me is we have this, uh, how do I explain it? We have this world within our world happening, and most people don't even realize it. So here we are going through our lives, and we have these beautiful divine energies that are here to support us. And to make sure that we're okay. And so they are actually in battle and fighting with these other darker energies, the more dangerous energies. And it's fascinating to see this all play out. And um, and people have no idea. 
People have no idea how many times that they've been saved in a day by an angel. <laughs> People have no idea. And that's what I really want to share is um, it, it's pretty remarkable. And they just don't get the credit for everything they do for us. Because <laughs> most people don't know. And uh, I find it very amazing to me that they come into this world. They're able to walk among us. They're able to look like us, to talk to us. And um, and they're able to, to save us in situations. Now, I'll give you my own personal example of what that looks like for me on an everyday basis. Um, I've, you know, I've experienced all different levels of, of, you know, spirit beings. And um, what I, throughout my day, what will happen is I'll be, let's say I'm sitting here, Michelle, and I suddenly see this bright illuminating light come out of nowhere. You know, it's Mm -hmm. either a little orb or it's, or it's just a little, it looks like a little firework, you know, it's just shooting like a shooting star. Then I can say, there's an angel. There's an angel because that's what they look like to me before mm-hmm. they come into full form. Mm-hmm. And so I can say, okay, we have an angel in here, which means where there's an angel, then there's something else, you Uh-oh. know? <laughs> yeah. And then I wait for that and I wait for that. And then suddenly here it is. It happens over here in the corner of this room, mm-hmm. right? And then suddenly I see that that um, darker orb, you know, or that darker sphere or the same thing. It looks like a shooting star, but yet it's... It's a smoky color or a very dark color. And uh, and it's really fascinating because I can literally watch this war play out. And um, and they're here to, to save us and to respect our space and to keep us safe in our space. And so I, I sometimes, not that often, but every now and then I will actually sit down and, and mark every time I see that throughout the day. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I will see 50 or 60 of them in a day, <laughs> you know, like this angelic energy popping up and, and the same with the other entities. And uh, and so this is something that happens around us constantly. And, um, and we're so protected. And um, but I find it interesting because people have no idea that this yeah. is happening. And I think it's no like idea. more reason to be kind to each other because you may or may not know who you're talking with. Well, exactly. People step into this world and, well, I should say spirits step into this world and become people like us temporarily. And it's interesting because even though that happens, in other words, what I'm trying to say is that I hear people's stories and I recognize it. And I recognize it as that divine intervention, mm-hmm. as that someone was blessed in that way where they were given this spirit to help them in this moment and they don't recognize it as that just like you said you know that incredible we have to recognize it and they miss the opportunity and that's a bummer to see but hopefully they've heard the message (laughs) you know that's the important thing yeah yeah if they hear the message and they follow through with it so there's angels out there in all different forms all different forms of life. And uh, and again, it's about our connection with our intuition. We know when we've had an experience. It's just that sometimes we don't always pay attention to our intuition, but our intuition will tell us, you need to listen to this. It could be like a Oprah's aha moment. Absolutely. In your life. Absolutely. You're like, wow, that was a good, me-, you know, <laughs> something that you probably needed to hear. Definitely. And you'll feel that energy. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll feel the energy of in that situation and you'll feel that, I don't know this person, but this feels really good. I feel like I, I need to be here in this moment. 
Yeah. So I always hope that people kind of see that through when that moment happens, because it's such a blessing, such a blessing when it does. Jenny, I just want to say thank you so much. You you are a legitimate badass, and I honor <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Lost or Found. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us, Lost or Found Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For more information, visit our website, drlostorfound.com.